1: Monday edition of the Outkick Podcast. We have got a loaded show for you. Lance Taylor, Sean Merriman, Dr. David Chow. We're breaking down Goff to the Lions, Stafford to the Rams, one of the biggest trades of quarterbacks in NFL history. Who do we think won and what is the significance? We'll be breaking that down for you as well as talking. Bucks going up against the Chiefs. And I want you to know with the Super Bowl going on right now, 55 to 1 payout, fanduel.com slash clay. bet turns into $275. All you have to do is pick the winner. Go sign up at fanduel.com slash my name, C-L-A-Y. This is Outkick. Podcast begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching
3: FSR.
0: Now let's get this party
3: started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: First time ever with the OutKick show that we are not at the Super Bowl. And uh, that we've been doing this program, what, five, six years, whatever the heck it is. They are not having a normal Super Bowl week down in Tampa. So usually you hear us come on, we talk about Radio Row, we're in Atlanta, we're in uh, Miami last year, uh, we've been in Minneapolis. I'm trying to think of all the different places we've done this show from a lot of different East Coast venues over the past several years uh, as Houston as we have gotten ready for the Super Bowl, we've been live from Radio Row. Well, there's not a normal Radio Row this week. So for those of you who are longtime Outkick listeners, the show is going to sound a little bit different. And I got to tell you, for a Super Bowl week, I'm ready for things to get back to normal. Uh, Saturday, I drove up to Knoxville and went and watched Tennessee play against Kansas. And That was the first college basketball game that I've been to during the whole COVID mess, right? I've been to a bunch of NFL games. I've been to college football. And this was the first college basketball game that I have been to. And look, Tennessee, Kansas, uh, Big 12, SEC showdown. uh, that The SEC won five games to four. The game between Texas and Kentucky was canceled. But it didn't have anywhere near... The usual college basketball feel, and I thought even more so than in the NFL or in college football, where they also had the reduced crowds. I thought the lack of buzz and uh, and energy in the arena was more noticeable, and I'm not sure if that's because usually, you know, that uh, basketball arenas are sort of hot, hot loud places where you kind of feel like everybody's right on top of everybody else you don't have that open sky around you and I noticed it more almost in the college basketball game the lack of fans than I did in college football or the NFL and all it did was just further confirm for me how desperate I am ready for sports to return in earnest now I'm lucky I've gotten to go watch my kids play soccer and football and basketball and baseball seasons about to start here and they really haven't shut anything down by and large in uh in my area in terms of sports being able to go on and even parents have been able to go watch these games high school basketball, high school football, everything else. But I know a lot of you that's not the case. And I'm excited that we're at least going to have 22,000 fans inside of the stadium. Although you'll recall that I said they should fill the entire stadium up uh, with all vaccinated health care workers. I think it would have been an incredible message to send to have the entire Super Bowl filled with uh, with fans and be like, hey, we're not quite there yet, but we're not far to being back to normal again either um and uh and so that's the background on what this week of shows will be like it'll sound a little bit different than maybe it has before maybe a lot of you won't even notice uh because so much has been different of what we've done in recent vintage here but i have to tell you i do think the biggest and most significant impact of the super bowl has already begun to occur and that is Everybody wants their own Tom Brady. What do I mean by that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year were 7-9. and nine. They were a football team that had not been to the playoffs in 12 years. They change hardly anything in terms of their culture. Yes, it's year two with Bruce Arians, but the culture overall of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Barely changes at all, other than Tom Brady being brought into the team. And suddenly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in the Super Bowl. And I think it was a holy crap moment for a lot of different NFL teams out there because they had suspected for a long time in the back of their mind hey, we're just a quarterback away. It's what you hear a lot of teams say, right? hey, man, we got a pretty good defensive line. We got some good skill position players at wide receiver. But when your quarterback is Jameis Winston and he goes out and he throws 30 interceptions and he fumbles the ball a bunch of times, how are you going to overcome a guy who throws 30 interceptions? Even throwing 30-some-odd touchdowns and joining the 30-30 club is not in any way making up for all of that futility. Well, the answer is you bring in Tom Brady, he throws over 40 touchdown passes, only throws, I think it's 12 or 13 interceptions, and boom, you're in the Super Bowl. And everybody else out there is looking around and saying, wait a minute, why couldn't that be us? Why can't we go find our own version of Tom Brady? And that's why I think we're going to see the wildest offseason at the quarterback position that we have ever seen in the NFL. I ran through last week, and maybe I need to keep updating this, and I told you there were only 12 teams that I felt like were 100% committed to their starting quarterbacks. That means there were 20 teams that were willing to make a move to have a new quarterback. And last week, we played you GM Les Sneeds take on Jared Goff, and I came on, go back and listen to last week's show, and I said Jared Goff is done with the Rams. When your, uh, when your GM says that your future with the team is a beautiful mystery, and when he says that you are the quarterback as of right now, that means that you are done. And so there was no doubt, even if you kind of ran through all the questionable things like Jared Goff is the backup quarterback, but he's not starting against the Seattle Seahawks. And the responses from Sean McVay, the glares on the sideline, it had turned into a really toxic relationship in LA. And I think what happened is Sean McVay went in, beat on the table, and said, look at how good this team is. We are loaded at wide receiver. Our offensive line is very legit. We've got the two best defensive players in the entirety of the NFL in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. We don't need to be the best at the quarterback position, but if you get me a top 10 quarterback, we can win the Super Bowl. And Jared Goff is not a top 10 quarterback. And so I believe there's zero doubt at all that what happened is everybody's looking at Tom Brady and everybody wants their version of Brady, a veteran who can come in and provide consistency and stability to an already talented team. And that can be the jet fuel that takes a team to the next level. And so, the Rams were so desperate to get Matthew Stafford that they made a remarkable decision they went and gave up an absolute ton for him the rams have used essentially four first round picks two second round picks and two third round picks to get matthew stafford that is how much they believe he is a difference maker for them think about that for a minute four first round picks two second round picks two third round picks to get matthew stafford This is the first time two number one overall draft picks have ever been traded for each other in the history of the NFL. And as a result, Jared Goff is going to be, unless there's major trades that are made, the Rams' last first round pick in 2016. And they then have traded away their next seven first round picks. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. Seven straight years that the Rams have basically decided we don't care about a first-round pick. They gave up two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey. They gave up two first-rounders now for Matthew Stafford plus the guy that they drafted number one overall and so I kind of respect that the Rams in this era where everybody values draft picks to such an insane degree, the Rams are saying, hey, if we can get the best corner in the league for two first-rounders, and if we can go get what we believe is a definite top-ten quarterback for two first-rounders, we're going to do it. Now, the what they're buying into, basically, is that the Rams' offense, you pair Sean McVay and the ability they have to run the football already with Matthew Stafford, and you are talking about a tremendous amount of success. The last six years, this is from Dan Orlovsky, the last six years of Matthew Stafford's career in Detroit, his team averaged 89 yards rushing per game. Last year, the Rams averaged 126 yards per game. Stafford has had a 100 yard back in a game 11 times in 12 years in Detroit. The Rams did that five times last year. On top of that, Matthew Stafford has had a top 10 defense one time in 12 years with the Lions. He went 11 and 5 that year. So you know that with Matthew Stafford now, you are going to have the ability to run the football and play really good defense. What is Matthew Stafford going to be like when he doesn't have to make the remarkable and the spectacular play in order to be able to be in really good position uh, to win football games? I think the answer is Matthew Stafford is going to be pretty phenomenal with the Rams and certainly they are paying a big, big dollar value to try to make that the case. Uh, We're going to continue to unpack this big deal all throughout the show. We're going to be joined next by my guy Lance Taylor, uh, 94.5 jocks down in Birmingham, but he is a 40-year Rams fan. He is ecstatic over the addition of Matthew Stafford to the Rams. We're going to hear what he thinks about that move.
2: getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at slash 2 pros That's h slash m s.com/2pros for your personalized ED treatment options. slash 2 pros Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Sex
1: my guy Lance Taylor, uh, 94.5 jocks down in Birmingham, but a big Rams fan for a uh, long time now. LT, where were you when you saw the news? Did you did a buddy text you, or were you like scrolling through Twitter and saw the Adam Schefter sort of neutron bomb land?
3: You know, so I had just gotten done with dinner on Saturday night, leaving a restaurant, and I get in the car, and I, I was going to check messages before I actually started the car up to leave. And one of those ESPN uh, things popped up, but it was real quick because I put my password in and it said breaking news. And I saw Stafford and I was like, Oh my God, did this happen? And immediately I go and I see that I've missed like, you know, 13 texts have already come through. And so I went to uh to Twitter and that's when I found out. And I mean, sadly at my age, I was up till 3am celebrating myself. I mean, just, just drinking. I mean, pathetically. Um, and I know we, we we have rolled into Super Bowl week, and you know, obviously, there's only two teams playing. But uh, I, I'm just—I've never been this excited outside of Super Bowl appearances as a Rams fan because you know, just looking back at the the history, I, I followed this team for 40 years, and I've never been excited about a quarterback. You know, Kurt Warner fell into the lap of the then St. Louis Rams when Trent Green got hurt in the preseason. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect there. And obviously, the Rams had a really good quarterback, a nice run, two Super Bowls in three years, and a couple of MVPs for Kurt Warner. But outside of that, I mean, Mark, Mark Bolton was probably the best quarterback the Rams have had.
1: And so, the Jared Goff kind of falling off of the, uh, of the stratosphere as a quarterback, were you ever in the camp of Jared Goff is going to be a great young quarterback who transitions into a great quarterback period? Or were you always skeptical? Because the last two seasons, there's obviously been sort of a continued slide. But even in the beginning of his career, you know, Sean McVay came in and it seemed to re- rehabilitate him in a hurry. But have you ever been a true believer in Jared Goff at any point in his career?
3: You know, I had the conversation at the end of last week when, you know, I was you know holding out hope that the Rams could somehow make some miraculous deal for Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford. And somebody asked me point blank, well, what did you think when they drafted Jared Goff in 2016? And I said, well, going into that draft, you know, the rumor was the Rams were going to trade up to number one. They were going to take Goff. At that point, didn't like Wentz or Goff, but I said, if you're taking one of these guys number one overall, I think you got to take Wentz. And I just went back and I looked at Goff's you know, history at Cal, and it was a guy that had never beaten the top 25. Um, I didn't really think that he would stay healthy in the NFL, and outside of the thumb injury this year, he's been relatively healthy. The only moment that I saw play was in Sean McVay's second year, and obviously in route to going to a Super Bowl when the Rams were thirteen and three. Golf had big time moments. You know, a Thursday night game against Minnesota, that Monday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, people were talking about golf in the middle of that season as a possible MVP candidate. But I just think the play calling was so good for golf, and I think McVeigh is that good. And you know, this is when Todd Gurley really was legitimately the best offensive weapon in the NFL a couple of years ago when healthy, and everything really thrived off that play action pass. And just watching every play of a Rams game, you see how wide open those receivers were running. You know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Higby; those guys were always wide open coming off that play action. So. You know, it, it it was hard for golf to not have success a couple of years ago, and I just think he lost his confidence this year.
1: Is it worth it for Matthew Stafford, and if so, why?
3: Well, I think it is, because Matthew Stafford, you start to look at just his overall talent. I've, I've, I've claimed that Stafford is an elite quarterback for the last five years. I really believe he's a top-ten guy, and I think with McVay in this offense, I think he can be a top-five quarterback. Um, this guy is... He's number four all-time in passing yards per game. He's number 16th all-time in the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He's always played for a terrible organization. He's played played for head coaches uh, like Matt Patricia. Um, You know, he had an elite receiver uh, back in the day with Calvin Johnson. Uh, Kenny Galladay was a a really solid number one the last couple of years when healthy. But Stafford now has an opportunity to go west coast, um, play at SoFi Stadium, with an elite defense for an elite offensive coach with weapons. And I think at 32 years old, you're, we're looking at a 43-year-old about to play in a Super Bowl this week. Um, I think Stafford's got another good five or six years left in him, man. I think the window is now for the Rams. I think McVay knows, you know, this. he's going into year five. He's won nine-plus games in, in all four years. This is the year they want to strike it. And I think a lot of people are looking at this. You know, Rams team is probably two two years, maybe three on this window. But I think for Matt Stafford, you know, a, a guy that to me is an elite talent now has an opportunity to truly win a championship.
1: How much do you think Tom Brady to the Bucks immediately going to the Super Bowl looms over this trade? Because to me, Sean McVay has to be looking around and saying – we could be – I know they made the playoffs and they lost in the divisional round, unlike the Bucks, who were 7-9 and nine last year. But I think he has to be looking around thinking, hey, if we make a play here uh, for the quarterback position, we can win a Super Bowl, and you're willing to make that move. Is it helped by the fact that Brady happened so quickly?
3: Yeah, I think it, absolutely, 100%. And, you know, almost Tampa called their old shot. I still – I don't know why I find it so hard to believe because we knew Tampa did have weapons last year, but when Brady was signed in the off season for everybody just to assume Tampa was gonna win the NFC, I thought that, that was thought that was a little insane. I thought for sure they'd win double digit games. I thought they would go to the postseason, but I never envisioned Tom Brady going to his tenth Super Bowl in year one for Tampa. But yeah, you know, I was listening to your podcast last week and how you were talking about, you know, the the possibility of 18 teams looking for new quarterbacks yeah it's crazy and i I think yeah man i mean this is something we don't see i mean you talked about it you know you don't trade uh borderline top 10 top 15 quarterbacks um in the prime of their career it's just something you never see you draft quarterbacks you develop and that's how you win in the nfl and and this is just a weird year and you know, I think it's really one of those win win trades. And I don't know how you felt about it, Clay, but, you know, obviously with the Rams getting Stafford, they are ready to win now. I think with Stafford this past year, they were 10 and six. I think they definitely win uh, against San Francisco and SoFi, where golf had three turnovers and they lose a three point game. I think they definitely beat the Jets. Um, you know, I, I think they're 12 and four or 13 and three this year. Um, I think they could have beaten Green Bay in Green Bay with Stafford. I think he's that good. And I think for the Lions, you know, uh, Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback. He was 42-27. and 27. He's 2-2 two and two in his postseason career as a starting quarterback. He's a guy that got a team. He won an NFC championship. He's got the same amount of NFC championships now as, as Drew Brees um, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he's 26 years old. Now, the contract's complicated because $110 is guaranteed. It's a four-year, $134 million deal. Um, but Detroit's also going to get you know a first-round pick in 2022. They're going to get a first in 2023. So, you know, I, I think they were just ready to start over. And Brad Holmes, their new GM, he was the director of college scouting for the Rams. He was part of the golf, uh, you know, trade up from 15 to 1 and got him in 2016. So I think I think they believe they're still upside with golf.
1: It's interesting because the cult of the draft pick has been so overwhelmingly dominant in the NFL. Draft picks are what matter. Get as many of them as you can. And I was looking, and, and I'm sure you've kind of done the math on this too. But McVeigh and the entire Rams organization seem to have made the decision. Uh, they have not had a first round pick since. Jared Goff was taken back in 2016. So they've traded their their picks all the way now through 2023, which is seven straight first-round picks. Now, they could certainly make other moves. Maybe they trade some other players and they get some picks back. But I kind of like when a team is willing to make a counterintuitive decision uh, and the Rams seem to have been willing to stop kneeling at the altar of the NFL draft picks. Smart move, dangerous move. To be determined?
3: Well, uh, I think it's maybe a mix of all three. Yeah. Um, to me, as a Rams fan, I mean, we know this, Clay. We watched the NFL for a long time. You got to have an elite quarterback. You just do to, to win consistently and to, to win championships. And I just think there was a ceiling with Jerry Goff, and I think he hit it. And, uh, you know, best of luck to Goff, but I think Sean McVay and Les Need realized hey, look, we overreached at 2016. We really overreached when we gave him that extension last year. Uh, we have to go out and get an elite quarterback. We got, you know, one of the great things about watching the Rams. A lot of games you wouldn't even hear Jalen Ramsey's name because teams didn't throw. To yeah, shut down Thirds that side. Shut down. Yeah, and you know, you gave up two ones for Jalen Ramsey, but looking back, well, yeah, you do that for what's going to end up being a, a Hall of Fame career and right now the best lockdown quarterback in in football. So if you can give up two first rounds, which first round picks are unknown. Jared Goff was a first-round pick. Um, you know, if you can give two of those up for what they believe to be a top-ten quarterback that can win them a championship, it, it makes the ultimate sense. And, by the way, you get out of that $134 million contract.
1: Well, it, it's an interesting part of this deal, too, because Jared Goff got paid a lot of money. And we see this in the NFL, not not rarely, right? It's fairly regularly that somebody is getting traded in the NBA because of their salary cap number right it's all got to be balanced out somebody's wildly overpaid somebody else takes them on their books knowing that eventually that's going to come off we haven't really seen a lot of that in the nfl uh but you know for the moment i think you go back that was one that i nailed i said look i don't think jared goff's a 100 million dollar quarterback and certainly the rams were going to find themselves in some salary cap difficulties uh going forward but that is uh that's a unique and uh, maybe a sign of something to come that we're now dealing with that in the NFL like we have been in the NBA for years and years.
3: Yeah, and and it is going to be fascinating especially with this position where guys are going to start making 40 million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, um you, you know and, and and the Rams it looked like Clay I you know I didn't think they'd be able to pull this off. Um but If they weren't able to pull it off, were they going to cut golf and just have $66 million in dead money? I think it's something they really were thinking about.
1: Okay, so Matthew Stafford to the Rams. What is the value that the Lions got in exchange for Matthew Stafford? tell us about what the Texans might be able to get for Deshaun Watson, who is eight years younger, right? If you get two first-rounders, I think two first-rounders, a third-rounder, and a former number one overall pick, Deshaun Watson has to be more valuable than that just based on his age, right?
3: Clay, I, I saw a tweet last night, and it said, after seeing what the Lions got for Matt Stafford, you might have seen this, uh, here's what the Texans are now asking for Deshaun Watson. An entire draft, not just one team, all 31 other teams' picks. Uh, $11 billion in cash, a European country, and they want Jesus to return and commit to playing quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, obviously having fun with that, but, I mean, it's going to be three number ones if somebody wants Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think the, the Texans can really dig in and, and know, again, back to your podcast last week, you were talking about you you just don't see guys that really are willing to hold out. Le'Veon Bell did it, it was a complete disaster. You yep. never see it from a quarterback. And if I'm the Texans man, I ain't letting Deshaun Watson go. Yeah. I'm just not. He can be That's disgruntled. Me too. Um yeah, I'll tell him, Hey, we'll go out and we'll find you some weapons, but you are the you're the face of this franchise. We're not gonna find anybody better. And you know, people talk about, well, what about giving him number one, you know, trade to Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence? To me, Deshaun Watson was a better quarterback at Clemson than Trevor Lawrence ever was, and Deshaun Watson is a proven commodity in the NFL. And again, if I could have had either one of these quarterbacks, even with the two ACL injuries, I would obviously have taken a younger Deshaun Watson. But I mean, it's going to be three number ones. If you want him, that's what you are going to have to give.
1: Okay. In addition, now to the Rams getting uh, getting matthew stafford and the lions getting jared goff there are several other teams out there that were willing to trade for matthew stafford you know we've heard some of their teams uh rumored the the bears the colts uh maybe the 49ers there are a lot of other teams out there that were willing to step up to the plate to make something happen there what do those other teams do now because you mentioned earlier the idea of 18 or 19 potentially new quarterbacks In the NFL, in other words, there's only about 12 or 13 teams that feel very confident in who their starter is going to be and it being the same starter as they finish the season with. What would you do right now if you were the Colts? Like, who is your target? Because you've got Phillip Rivers retiring, Jacoby Brissett is an unrestricted free agent, Who is the guy? You got a pretty good team. I mean, the same way that the Rams believe that if they get a quarterback, they can win a Super Bowl. The Colts have to be looking around. And obviously, Andrew Luck coming back is, you know, sort of the Superman out of nowhere return. The Michael Jordan, I'm back. I don't think that would happen. Who would be your quarterback? Like, who could win the Colts that division and win them the Super Bowl that's available? Is there anybody?
3: Well, you know, I. I did hear an interesting theory. You know, I mean, obviously, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm calling Andrew Luck. Stop. 100 saying, look, yeah, man, begging him. Yeah, for back. You, yes. You, 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 you're gonna get bored. You got a ton of money. You still got. you can shut this thing down when you're 38 or 39 and still have a great life. I mean, just come back, win a championship. You've already been to an AFC championship game. This is a better roster than you had back then. You saw old man Phillip Rivers was three points away from beating a team that was in the AFC championship game. You can win us a championship. So that's the first call I'm making. But I do think an interesting thought is Matt Ryan, kind of been, you know, obviously not even close to the success that Tom Brady had, but a former MVP that should have won a Super Bowl. You know, he's kind of in the twilight of his career. It looks like Atlanta's going to take a quarterback in the top 10 picks in May. Um, I think that's an Falcons interesting be theory. Ready to deal. Yeah, and I think Matt Ryan to me is as good, maybe even a little bit better than Phillip Rivers right now so you know I don't think you get much of a drop-off I mean Brissette's not going to be the answer you know Jacob Eason I don't see that really being the answer uh there's just not a lot of guys out if you can't pull Andrew Luck out of retirement you can't pull something off for Deshaun Watson. if I'm Chris Ballard and the Colts man um I think Matt Ryan would make some sense
1: how bad was the blood by the way I meant to mention this to you earlier that they managed to leak out that Matthew Stafford said he was fine being traded to any team in the NFL but the Patriots
3: uh, it's it's amazing, man. I mean, I mean does, does that it not really just is. feel
1: like a little bit of a gig at Matt Patricia on the way out? Like, I didn't ever say like this is Matthew Stafford basically saying, "Hey, yeah. I didn't say a word while you were the head coach here, but I hated playing for you, and I just want you to know that now that I get to go to L.A. and go play for Sean McVay."
3: Yeah, and and I mean, look, the cultures are so different. Obviously, there's been you know. A, a, thousand times the success the Patriots have had than the Rams. But you watch McVay on hard knocks. And if you're a quarterback, man, with that culture, I don't know how you wouldn't want to play for a guy like Sean McVay in that city, in that stadium. It's just the perfect fit. But I agree with you 100%. I think that was a total shot at that organization and Matt Patricia
1: uh i know nick saban had a video leak of the pitch that he makes uh, to recruits and uh, obviously it's been a very successful pitch because he just keeps racking up first round draft picks as well as national championships i don't think we've talked to you at least not in much detail since bama won the national championship but to your perspective how many more years if you were setting the over under is nick saban going to coach alabama
3: you know, I, I and I don't know if you heard, and I don't really get to hear, hear Cal heard that much anymore. You know, I used to get to hear him a little bit more when, you know, I was doing different day parts. And for whatever yeah. reason, I was in the car when he was um, on. But I did get to hear his rant, and I think it was more about Saban, what he could do for the Houston Texans if he was to take that job. Yeah, but he started to make the comparison of you know how old certain individuals are that are still making major impacts. You know, Warren Buffett at ninety is one of the biggest traders right now in America as far as like stocks. Um, and you know, he was just talking about Nick Saban, and I made this point before. You know, I watched an ESPN classic game when Saban was coaching Michigan State, and they were playing. I think Penn State. Larry Johnson was running up and down the field for Penn State, but. Nick Saban looked older twenty years ago than he looks now. Yeah, and I know he's aged a little bit, but man, he'll be seventy this fall. But he's in great shape. Yeah, and you know, eight years younger,
1: you know, than Joe Biden, for instance. Joe Biden, president of the United States, is seventy eight years old right now.
3: The coward. Hey, look, man, this guy just got elected a president. If if, if there's any job that's ever going to age you, it's going to be the president of our country. Um, you saw how much Obama aged just in the first yeah. couple of years. Um, so, yeah, you've got Biden, who's much older right now than Saban. So if Saban walks, man, I mean, you know, I think Howard was making the point. The guy could coach another 10 years. I think realistically that number is four or five more years, which is crazy. And we're talking about a guy that has won six of the last 12 national championships. Um, I just i don't think we're ever going to see anything like this. And when I watch that recruiting video, and you know, for any college football fans out there, it is entertaining just to see – you know, you know they, they do those master classes now. I mean, Nick Saban is the master recruiter. And just, he's just, it's airtight, man.
1: It is airtight. Uh, I know you like to gamble. Any picks you like? Uh, what are you thinking about the Super Bowl? I'm
3: awful at Super Bowls. I mean, yeah, it's I, tough. I, can't I mean, say it's, how bad I am. Yeah. It, 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 it's uncanny, though. I mean, and, and, and I haven't told my numbers this week, but. I'll pull them, and, you know, it's like three of the last 19. I'm like three and 16 in the last 19 years, something like that. It's that (laughs) bad. So, with that said, I mean, I don't know how the Chiefs don't win this game. It's like the Chiefs sleptwalk through the regular season. You know, um, two weeks ago when when they beat the Bills, that was their first double-digit win, uh, or their first win by more than six points since November 1st when they beat the Jets. It's, it's like, just, you know, going through the motions, just finding a way to win these games. And now the lights, they turned on. And to think about the Bills scored the, the first nine points of that game, the last nine points of that game, and still never really were in that game. I mean, this Chiefs, Chiefs offense, just it seems unstoppable right now. I don't trust the back end of that Tampa defense. Um, I'll tell you that the thing that's impossible to play is is under, which you would think under the 56.5 or 57 where it sits right now um, you know, that's got to be the, the play that would be against the public. But I don't know if I've got the stones to play it. But I, I like the Chiefs at least right now.
1: LT, you can go check him out. His picks at lanceslock.com, right?
3: That's it, man. Lanceslock.com. Thank you, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
2: trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io.
0: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon and the dude today. Creighton's never gonna win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
1: I put this poll question up, and I I, I do think it's uh, really very fascinating. What, who won the who won this thing? Right, like who won the big trade? As you kind of break down exactly what's going on between these two uh, between these two teams, the Rams and the, uh, the the Lions. Now, for certainty's sake, we won't know for a little while who exactly is going to win this trade. But right now, I was kind of blown away. Dub, I don't know if you saw this poll result, but I put it up on Sunday night. I said, which side of the Rams and Lions stafford Golf trade do you like the most? Uh, and I probably should have just said who won the trade. Uh, but I gave two options, Stafford to the Rams or Goff and Picks to the Lions. I've got 51% of people liked Jared Goff and the picks 49% liked Matthew Stafford to the Rams that's with over 30,000 votes in that's pretty it, I I always say the true test of a great poll question is how close it can get to 50-50 right because that's a sign that you have asked uh, a a question that could easily be debated either way and I was out on Saturday night at dinner after that Tennessee-Kansas game. I was out with Chad Withrow, who we just hired away to work with me at OutKick, and another one of our buddies, Alan. And we were sitting down for dinner when this thing broke, and I happened to glance down at my phone, and a bunch of people were texting, like a lot of you probably, about the big NFL deal. And I said, uh, which side of the deal do you like and immediately the comments. Sometimes I, you know, I, I don't even necessarily like to take an aggressive angle myself. I just like to see what everybody's going to say, and hundreds of people all weighed in, arguing both sides of this trade, uh, which to me is is going to be really fascinating to see who exactly wins. Now, I'm going to take Stafford. I like I like, and I'll talk about why to start off the second hour of the program in more detail. But I like right now Matthew Stafford to the Rams more than I like Jared Goff to the Lions, even with the draft picks. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint of what I'm going to talk about to start hour two. But I love that the Rams are kind of flipping conventional wisdom on its head. With each of the last two trades they've made, They basically decided, hey, we think that Matthew Stafford is so good that we wouldn't be able to get great talent in the first round that are the equivalent to what we could get for Matthew Stafford. And we think he's so much better than Jared Goff, we'll give you Jared Goff too. And they thought the same thing about Jalen Ramsey in terms of, hey, we could go out and draft and go draft two corners in the high 20s, and I'll talk about why that's significant too, and be unlikely to get a Hall of Fame corner like Jalen Ramsey. So what the Rams are basically saying with four of their last first-round picks, because they're going to go now seven years without a first-round pick, what they are basically saying is we would rather know with 100% certainty how good one of our players is and that they're a hall of fame caliber player because i do think that matthew stafford is a hall of fame caliber player if he starts to have some postseason success just based on the numbers he's put up and we know Jalen ramsey's a hall of fame guy the rams are flipping conventional wisdom on its head i'll talk about it a little bit more we'll discuss who won this trade i believe it was the rams also, I believe it was significant for the teams that they beat out. I'll explain all that and more when we come back. Sean Merriman scheduled to join us, uh, former all-pro NFL defensive player. We'll see what he thinks about the trade. And then Dr. David Chow for the latest in health for the Super Bowl. That's still to come. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh,